Welcome to the Garden Years podcast series titled A Journey Through the Garden Years, Your Six-Year-Old. This is the first podcast I've created in the series, so thank you for joining me. You might wonder why I chose to start at age six instead of at birth or age one. Well, the short answer is, There are so many resources available to learn more about infants and toddlers and how to meet their needs. I find most parents of infants and toddlers are swimming in resources for children this age. And some of it's very helpful, but some of it creates confusion. So we will create podcasts on those ages in the future with the intention of being able to help you as a parent discover the parenting style that fits your family and to help you learn about the developmental, emotional, and spiritual needs of these children. But today, we're going to dive deep into understanding the dynamics at play in a child who is approaching, or has reached, their sixth birthday. This is a very important year for the young child, and there are far fewer resources available for parents to help them understand this phase of development. It's often grouped together with information on school-age children. Yet the child at six is transitioning to school age. They are transitioning out of the early childhood world and into a very different world, and they feel different. And this is confusing and complicated and deserves our attention and understanding. For transition years are very tricky for parents. What once worked often suddenly doesn't work anymore. And in my career, parents of six-year-olds or children approaching their sixth birthday tend to come to me a bit bewildered at what is taking place with their child and they often wonder if something is wrong. Well, transition years can feel difficult and appear to be a demanding stage of development. And this can become challenging to navigate. And many parents find comfort when they discover much of the behavior they're witnessing falls within what's considered quite normal for the age. So in this discussion, we will demystify the six-year-old. I will share an overview with the child at age six and some suggestions regarding how to respond to your child when faced with some of the behaviors or changes that unfold during this journey around the sun. But first, I would like to share the changing inner landscape of the six-year-old and the challenge of the age. They're beautifully complex beings transforming into a school-aged child. And they feel so very different from their previous selves. This can create a variety of emotional responses as these changes are taking place rapidly. They're growing more mature, independent, adventurous, and daring. And they can be quite spirited at times. And they also become more concerned about consequences and safety. And they wonder if their mother still loves them. You see, inwardly, the six-year-old is at a point in development when they're experiencing opposing needs and desires. They're revisiting that inner struggle they once felt at age two and a half when they lived at opposite extremes. Some experts describe the child at six 
is somewhat bipolar. Each need or action can be very quickly followed by the extreme opposite need or action. Sometimes they want both opposing extremes at the same time and have developed the consciousness to know that this isn't possible, yet they cannot choose. And as you can imagine, this creates an incredible inner struggle. They will say things like, six is so hard, I don't want to be six. Or when given a choice, they may say, I want to and I don't want to. Stubbornness can be observed in many children this age. This stubbornness is born from the struggle of being unable to decide. When the six-year-old does finally decide, they can be steadfast and not easily swayed to make a different choice. The choice to change their mind must come from within, and they absolutely resist when they know there's an attempt at swaying their decision. But when it comes to little things and small choices, the child at six can change their mind frequently. Choosing a color when drawing, which shirt they want to wear, what flavor of ice cream. These are all difficult choices for them to make. And they're very concerned they'll make the wrong choice and have to experience disappointment, something they abhor. They may become upset as they change their mind after making a choice. And as you can see, the inner polarities experienced during this transition year create the greatest challenge for the child at six. The child at six wants to win at everything. They want to be the best. They want to be first. And they need to have the most of everything. And depending on the child's unique temperament, these, this time, this transition year, may manifest a bit differently. So here are some examples of the range of challenges you may witness in your six-year-old. They, they may begin to cry about almost everything. They may cry about going to school or the challenges of learning new things. They may cry about getting dressed or about breakfast or about things taking too long or going too fast. Bedtime routines often suddenly turn upside down. The child might even start refusing to stay in bed after being put to bed. And they may struggle falling asleep and talk endlessly to themselves while in bed. Good eaters may suddenly become very picky or begin to show undesirable behaviors at the table. They can become very mischievous and begin to get into things that they know are off-limits in the home. And they might begin to absolutely refuse to follow directions or listen to their mother. They begin to bicker and have issues with friends, struggling to play peacefully and cooperatively. And they may be prone to more illness than they have in the past. They expect perfection from parents and be can become very critical. And they're fresh and talk back and can yell and say things like, I won't, you can't make me. Well, after an outburst, they may become concerned 
and wonder if you still love them. For a few children, nightmares may flare up at this time. So we must remember that a six-year-old isn't violent, loud, demanding, and naughty just to be bad. They're extremely anxious to do well and to be good, the best, to be first, to be loved and praised. And because of this, failure is very hard on them. We must keep in mind that these children are demanding and difficult because they are still very young and extremely insecure and require tremendous emotional nourishment. And with patience and understanding and conscious effort, you can meet these needs and deepen your relationship with your child, building the kind of trust necessary for a healthy family dynamic that will serve you both well as they grow. Because while nobody can be a better, warmer, more enthusiastic companion, your six-year-old's way is, in their opinion, always right. They cannot bear to lose or accept criticism. And this doesn't mean they shouldn't learn to. It just means it's a struggle for them right now. You can lovingly help them learn to accept loss or constructive criticism gracefully. They become quite boastful and arrogant, and yet this is an indication the child is attempting to build themselves up and make themselves feel secure, for they are still so very young and insecure, and they are just learning. The six-year-old is still a very vulnerable little person and is very sensitive. Their feelings are easily hurt. This can be hard to remember when they're deep in a naughty streak and seem to be impervious to consequences or our efforts to address an undesirable behavior. But there are also so many wonderful, positive aspects of this age. One of the most endearing qualities of this age is their extreme enthusiasm. They adore adventures, new games, new ideas, and learning something new. And they love showing off their new skills. They love to ask questions and learn fun facts about the world. They also love to read with their parents and learn about life when their parents were small and compare the differences, the little differences in the world once upon a time compared to today. The six-year-old is also capable of incredible emotional warmth and loving affection. And when all is going well, they are also very dear, loyal friends. They find tremendous joy in dramatizing something they're telling you. For example, they may say, It was the most delicious peach in the whole universe. And when they're happy, they smile and they laugh and their whole body moves with joy. Life just means so much to the six-year-old, and parents may quickly discover the absolute pleasure in providing opportunities to feed their child's very real need for experiencing something new and exciting. I personally adore children at this age. I feel that when you see the best in them and emphasize their golden moments, they can be the kindest, warmest, most delightful little people in the world. And truthfully, I delight in spending my days with six-year-olds, even on days that are challenging for them. 
you can always find moments when the warmth shines through. And as they move towards six and a half, they begin to have more and more of what I call these golden moments, and they relish in them. Now at age five, children tend to be a little more relaxed in the world and more easygoing. They want to please their parents and their teachers, and they want to do good the majority of the time. And they aren't necessarily interested in challenging anything or anyone. But six, six is interested in testing, in challenges, in pushing against authority figures. They ask hard questions and push parents and teachers to truly evaluate what they're asking of the child. Is it necessary? Is this rule still appropriate and necessary at six? Is it something I should be asking of this child? It's good to reflect on our decisions and expectations of the children. And having a child moving through a phase that is very contrary, a child whose pendulum swings quite dramatically, really keeps you on your toes. It helps you hone in your parenting skills and find ways to fill your parenting toolbox and become a careful observer and generous listener. These skills will become incredibly important as your child moves into adolescence. And it's important for you as a parent to grow alongside your child. There's an opportunity here for your evolution as well. And as your child's path of development brings them closer to age seven, you can observe a return to more balanced, peaceful moments as you'd witnessed at age five. And this transition from the second half of six towards seven can become a delightful time when the lively, exuberant responses characteristic of six truly blossom. Five was sweet and calm and mostly agreeable. Six really kept you on your toes. And six and a half will be a gorgeous phase you will welcome with open arms and truly appreciate. Now remember, these phases take place close to the birth dates I'm outlining here, but each child is a bit different. You may begin noticing signs of six as soon as five and a half, or maybe not till after their sixth birthday. It all depends on the child and their pace along their developmental pathway combined with their temperament. Oftentimes at six, we're seeing children who are already losing teeth. And in the Waldorf philosophy of education, this change of teeth shows us that the etheric is birthing in the young child. I will be doing a future podcast about human development in light of anthroposophy so I can explain these finer bodies you hear about in Waldorf circles. But what I can say here about the birth of the etheric is the loss of baby teeth symbolizes a time where the formative forces at work in a growing child, which have been working so powerfully since birth on growing the physical body and building neural pathways, well, they're now freeing up for the child to use to develop intellectual capacities. And we see at six, children are very proud of their intellectual accomplishments. They want to count for you. They want to recite their ABCs. They want to learn about letters and writing and reading. And alongside of that, we can nourish their newfound love of learning if we bring a little humor into their world and their lessons. The six-year-old loves to laugh and loves a good joke. 
They laugh with their entire body, sometimes even falling over. Humor is how you meet them in so many of their challenging moments, and especially in engaging them with something new that they're learning. Family dynamics at six also change. And these changes are very important to discuss as this aspect can create an unpleasant home life if it's misunderstood. So first, I would like to shed light on the changes one can witness in the relationship between the six-year-old and their mother. In addition to the inner polarities experienced by the six-year-old, another great challenge rises to the surface, the relationship between the child and their mother. Now, mother's been the center of their world. They're beloved. And at six, their mother is suddenly the person they absolutely love and dislike most. Well, they love their mother dearly, and they need to be assured she still loves them. They are very quick to become angry with her and blame her when they become upset or if something goes wrong. And this can be a very difficult reality for many parents to accept because the five-year-old adores their mother and makes her the center of their universe. But at six, a transition has taken place. And suddenly the child is the center of their own universe. This separation from mother inspires independence, yet this can also create a bit of anxiety as they attempt to distance themselves from their mother. And this can even manifest as aggressive behavior toward her at times. And while their actions, attitude, behaviors, and inner desire wish to create distance and independence from mom, suddenly they can become quite concerned for where their mother is, keeping tabs on her, and becoming critical if she isn't available at the drop of a hat. They love their mama in one moment, and they hate her in the next. Is it any wonder they're struggling with these confusing, opposing feelings. And they're trying to establish freedom, yet resent it at the same time. And they absolutely need the warmth, love, guidance, and attention of their mother, yet there's a part of them that wishes they didn't. So at six, the child's relationship with their father also experiences changes. For at this age, their father becomes one of the most beloved people in the child's life. The child will seek out their father for his time, love, and attention, maybe more so than in the past. In fact, sometimes at six, the child can become quite upset that they cannot have more of their father's time than is possible. The six-year-old, they fear their father's disapproval more than the disapproval of their mother. And at this age, they tend to admire him more. They think their father is like a god and knows everything. And they often worship his words. So he should use them carefully. And if the father is working, his work becomes somewhat of a mystery to the six-year-old. They truly wonder what he does and how he contributes to the world. And they may create elaborate fantasies in their minds about their father's work and what he does. For some fathers, this is wonderful, for they love being the center of their adoring child's world. And for others, this can become somewhat of a burden to experience the constant demands of more and more time and attention from their child. 
Some fathers of six-year-olds have described to me their child was difficult to get along with. And this is true for fathers whose jobs are extremely demanding, and they do not have as much time to give their child as they, the child wishes for. And therefore, as you can imagine, the child will lash out at times and become very upset, creating very unhappy evenings and weekends. And as we know, when young children do not receive the connection time they seek, this is when they act out in undesirable ways. One of the little mischievous things that can begin to happen with a six-year-old is they begin to steal little things from their parents, trinkets, money, little items, and they may not always tell the truth about this. Now, this can become a great concern for parents, of course, and yet it's something that's quite common at this age. For as the child's wishing for more and more of their parent, especially their father, more time and attention, and they're developing a fantasy of their father's role in the world, sometimes these little items are a comfort for the child. And they won't be upfront about it, for they may fear the disapproval of their father. But this stealing away and holding, keeping and hiding of this little item somehow makes them feel closer to him. The other challenge for fathers is in general they tend to be a little less patient with their children unless they're a very easygoing person. So when these behaviors, such as stealing, rise up, fathers can be a little less sensitive towards their child's challenge and the inner struggle the child's facing. And this can come out in many ways, but often it's words or attitudes such as, it's time he or she learned to blank, 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 whatever, fill in the blank. Or, he or she is too old for this behavior. And when the child hears these things, it comes across as a harsh criticism and disapproval, which, of course, goes straight to their heart. For you see, they're not yet old enough to be able to overcome some of these impulses. They're still working on it. And as much as they love their father and want to be with their father, they can also feel very misunderstood by their father. Now, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't address poor behavior or address stealing, for you should. But it can be addressed in a way that doesn't humiliate the child. Many families have expressed an improvement in the smoothness and ease in bedtime routines when the six-year-old bubbles up and begins to push against what's worked in the past. They've discovered that this often improves greatly when father takes over the evening routine, the bedtime routine, bathing, reading of the story, tucking into bed. This has worked most successfully when the father's been willing to do this consistently. It doesn't work so well if this becomes an occasional occurrence. It works better when father declares... From now on, I'm going to do this. This gesture is a beautiful gift for the child and for the relationship of the father and child, for it builds trust. It nourishes the child's need for connection time with their father, and they feel loved and well cared for, having father step into a role that he may not have normally held in the past. And since most six-year-olds are not usually as aggressive with their father, 
when they're upset, as they can be with their mother, they tend to be in a state of awe in his presence. And if a problem bubbles up in their time together, father may be able to calmly diffuse it in a way that mother's unable to do at this time. And in the end, father can step into the role of being the one who saves the day. Now, one relationship that can be a bit surprising for parents is the relationship between the six-year-old and their teacher. Behaviors that often take place at home between parents and the child are not present with the teacher and child. For often at school, the child is trying to be very good at everything and show their teacher how good they are. Now, I'm not saying they don't have slip-ups here and there, because of course they do, with one another and with table manners and, and a number of things. But with their teacher, they tend to be quite respectful. They want to impress their teacher. They want to do well. They want their teacher more than anything to praise them and share this praise with their parents. Six-year-old children tend to respect the teacher's word as law in the school setting, and this can create some challenges at home when the child insists, that's not the way we do this, this or that or the other thing, because that's not how my teacher does it. And this is why it's imperative that the teacher and parent work together to help their child understand clearly that home life and school life may be a little different, and that's okay. Relationships with siblings can be a bit tricky depending on the age of the siblings. Six-year-olds find younger siblings more challenging than older siblings. They tend to have more respect for older siblings, and as a result, these relationships are more harmonious. Younger siblings can often trigger frustration for the six-year-old. They may find that their younger sibling annoys them, or they become very frustrated when younger siblings touch their belongings and don't listen to them. They can also be quite bossy with younger siblings. They may argue and tease them or even bully them or get angry at them. And they may also resent any special attention younger siblings are receiving from parents. And when it comes to friendships, their friends mean a great deal to them at this age. You will find that two six-year-olds play very well together. But as you start adding more children into the mix, quarrels can develop, and a need for an adult to be a guiding presence and voice in those moments is necessary to help the children understand how to communicate with one another in a kind way when they're feeling frustrated, or how to establish healthy boundaries when someone is crossing their boundaries, and to do it in a respectful way. You see, making friends is quite easy for a child at age six, for they're generally outgoing and can appear happy-go-lucky, and they can easily spark up a friendship in these bubbly moments. It's keeping friends that can be a challenge for the six-year-old. When it comes to playing games with more structure or rules, the six-year-old can become highly competitive, for they always want to win. They want to be first. They want to be the best. Yet, they're not so good at accepting loss. So, when a group of six-year-olds come together to play a structured game with rules, most often the losing party will go away angry. 
and there's always one in the group who dominates the rest, wanting to be bossy, wanting to make up new rules, and they may even cheat. For cheating is something that's very common at this age. You can often hear at least one of the children in a structured game calling out, You're cheating! I don't want to play with you! And this is a moment when they need the loving support and guidance of the, the adults who care for them. And you may find your six-year-old comes home and talks to you about their friends, and they're pretty critical of the behavior and conduct of others. They may be dramatic and exaggerate an experience they've had with friends. So it's always a good idea to check in with your child's teacher. Or if your child was visiting a friend, check in with the parent who was caring for them to gather an adult point of view on the situation. This will help you determine if the story you're hearing from your child is accurate. For six-year-olds are known for sharing exaggerated versions with sometimes fictitious details laced in of these real events. So double-check. And at six, children begin to take more notice of gender, and they may have preference for which gender shouldn't be included in their play. And this is when you may see the boys and girls pairing off and saying, no boys or no girls allowed. And of course, this can create many a conflict among children especially if one group seems to be playing something more enticing to the other group and they want to join in. At our school, we remind the children that we come to school to play and learn and grow together. And so, during our play, it's important to open our welcoming door to everyone. They may work together to create rules and structure in their play with the guidance of an adult, but they must include everyone who wishes to join. It is not our way to exclude anyone. Only a teacher may ask a child to step out of play if they're unable to play in a safer kind way. School is a place where everyone should feel they belong. So if you're on a play date, or if you're hosting a play date, you may want to set similar ground rules and have a similar conversation with the children. Now in your own home with siblings, it's truly healthy to carve out time where they play together, but also carve out time where they are free to play alone if requested, so they have the opportunity to nourish the part of themselves that craves full control of play. Now, grandparents can hold a very special place in the six-year-old's heart. Children delight in the special surprises treasures and treats grandparents often share, and they relish spending time with grandparents and having their attention. This can be tricky in regard to siblings. So I recommend, if at all possible, it would be a wonderful gift for grandparents to occasionally designate time to do something special with one child in the family at a time. Although they're perfectly capable of doing things together, and they should learn to be together, at this age the child really is in need of some one-on-one attention with the grown-ups they love. So if it is at all possible, these special days or special moments with grandparents are such a welcome adventure and are so healthy and nourishing for your child's heart and spirit. So... 
this is the end of part one of this podcast. And I am going to say farewell. And I hope you can join me for part two, which will dive a little bit deeper into some other areas. For example, you will learn more about self-care and the health of the child at six. Take a deeper look into how stress and anxiety reveal themselves at this age and the physical development of the six-year-old as well as their developing intellectual capacities. And then we'll finish off with some suggestions of techniques to meet the child where they are and nourish their needs and deepen your connection, building respectful, trusting relationship with one another. It's an honor to share this time with you. And now I'll leave you with a wish that you hold peace and joy in your heart. Until next time, be well, my friends.